everybody welcome back to the jason a dream podcast where we believe with jason a dream anything is possible nothing is impossible and the possibilities are endless i'm caleb this is zach what's going on and we want you to enjoy life and build god's kingdom if you're watching on youtube would you please like and subscribe and if you're listening to the podcast anywhere else please leave a review if that's possible it helps us out and we want to help more people in more places and, and share it with share some it people yeah who you think would like to hear something yeah Amen. So this is the expansion pack episode where we build off of what we talked about in our So You're Passionate About episode. And this week we talked about So You're Passionate About Your City. And so now we want to dive into the biblical principles and values that lead us to that passion. And uh, if you listen to that episode, if you didn't listen to that episode, you're still going to get something out of this. But I, I referenced the Good Samaritan and the story where uh, the the Jewish leader and teacher goes, who is my neighbor? Like, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the man justifying himself asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And just a quick recap, a traveler is on a road. He gets beat up, left for dead, robbed, um, and left on the side of the road. A priest walks by and goes to the other side of the road, sees him and goes to the other side of the road. A Levite walks by, sees him and goes on the other side of the road. And then a Samaritan, who in the context of the time would have been a person who should not have helped the traveler. And the other two were people who should have helped according to their formal job titles and who they were um, as quote unquote good people. And the Samaritans being quote unquote bad people to the audience Jesus was talking to stops tends the man's womb, wounds, puts him on his own donkey, takes him to a hotel, pays for two nights stay, tells the innkeeper, I'll be back and I'll pay for whatever expenses that need to need to be paid for. And then he gets done telling the story and then Jesus asks the question, so who's the neighbor? And the man goes, the one who helped him, the one who did the right thing, obviously. Um, and Obviously, the point to that story Jesus is trying to make is make very clear. It's like you don't have to overcomplicate it about who is my neighbor. You just need to do the right thing. Like if you see a need and you are able to meet it, you should go and meet it. And I think for us as Christ followers, that is one of the defining factors of who we are as compassion filled people. That is one of the huge signifiers of us versus the world is that the world does try to fix problems, but they try to do it in their own way where we try to fix problems with the hope of Jesus Christ. And that can be practical, physical, spiritual, emotional. Um, we are called to do the right thing. When we see a problem, we should take ownership of it to the best of our ability and in the wisdom of the scriptures and of the Bibles and be able to go, you know what? Like, I believe I should do something about this. And you're especially supposed to do it. If you feel like the Lord is calling you specifically to take care of a need that, and this is, I think how it usually happens is when the Lord specifically tells you to do something, it's usually something that does require a little more sacrifice or a little more education or a little more, uh, time, effort, priority, that's when God usually steps in and goes like, okay, you see that problem? I'm calling you specifically to this. So this can start to take some priority in your life over 
over other things. And I think God does do that where, uh, but I think also at other times, just like in the good Samaritan, God didn't call out from heaven and go help this man. It was just something that was expected for him to do. And that's kind of what the expectation then that Jesus then sets on us as Christ followers. Um, so yeah, I think it's a very biblical thing to be passionate for your city and to have compassion on your neighbors. That's a great segue into this thing. I want to talk about next (laughs) of, uh, when God does point out specific things for you to do. Um, and like, I think the, the best part of the good Samaritan story is that he like, he doesn't just get down there and help the man with his wounds. He takes it like three more steps, three steps that make it, completely inconvenient now for the man who, who the Samaritan who was passing through, right? Like clearly he had plans. He was going somewhere and it wasn't like he was walking the streets looking for people to help. And so he clearly like canceled whatever his plans were to make sure this guy got treatment. And he didn't just like help the guy and was like, all right, see you later. Good luck on your recovery. He's like, I'm going to make sure you get help and get recovered and um, saw it through. And so, so I'm going to transition a little bit because I think this story is really cool talking about being passionate about a city. So one thing we say is it's, it's about people more than it is about a place or you're called to a place for the people there as well. Um, and so I'll just talk about my dad real quick. So my dad was a missionary um, and just the story of how he kind of became a missionary, I think is really, really cool because he, and now I, I don't have many of the facts, but I'll give you the gist of the story. And it's that he felt called to a specific type of people who lived in China in the Tibet area. And it is a very specific, I mean, when China's just a massive, massive country and they've kind of, and then Tibet has its own kind of subset of cultures and people groups. And then in that is more cultures and people groups. And so there's one specific type of people and the description of them uh, was, you know, they're like tall and rugged and like strong people and strong will. There's just like this list of descriptions given by, I don't know, National Geographic or whoever, right? Whoever is kind of documenting these people. And so he's like, wow, I feel like for some reason, these are the people that I need to like go and share the gospel with. And there's just something about these people I'm connecting with. And so he's thinking about this. And at this point he has a hobby farm, And he's kind of living the dream that he's been working on of he's got a farm, he's got four kids. um, And like I referenced in the last episode, gave my quick, quick brief story of all the places I've been. And so this was when I was four years old. And so he's like, that's going to be a really massive transition. I'll have to like sell everything and take an entire family to a borderline hostile country. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say like hostile, but it's not like welcoming right so um and so then he opens up the bible and the way he'll tell it is he'll just say he just opened it up and he was praying about this and he opens it up and there is uh, i don't know the exact verse somewhere in the old testament talking about you know one of i'm assuming it's one of the prophets going to a people group <clears throat> and the uh the the description is go to the people who are a, B, C, D, E, and F. And those were all the descriptions that he had read about these people that kind of brought him to attention. And it was like, 
extremely similar to the point where I was like, yeah, this is God like highlighting. Okay. These are the people. Are these the people they're described this way? He then goes and opens the Bible and it says, yes, go to the people that are described this way. And it was like very clear. And I just think that's really cool how, yeah, just, just how all of that works of like God putting something on his heart and then confirming it through the Bible. And then just weirdly using like a third party in there of whoever, I I wish I remembered how, where he got the description of the people, if that was just how the internet described them or how a textbook described them. Um, But however that was, God clearly used that and said, look, I even talk about a very similar people in my Bible. It's like, they're, they're very similar to the point where the word, the language used by the description of the people modern day was the same as the Bible. And um, yeah. And just talking about like, I don't understand how my dad like picked up and moved a family of four. Like that's just crazy. Um, I guess six people total. Um, and, and moved into just, I mean, it was great experience for me and just, I mean, I'm sure as I probably am not aware of all the stressful things that went off of, but I'll say this, it wasn't convenient and it wasn't clearly his plans. Like the good Samaritan, his plans were had to take a back seat and, um, so yeah, I just think that's a, a really cool story for anybody out there who's maybe having a similar place in their life where they're thinking, okay, God's calling me to these people. And then you open up the Bible and you read about a people described the exact same way. And the Bible says, go and talk to these people. Then there you go. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's a sign. <laughs> um, you, you said it was, it was a weird thing. And I want to comment on that in that, you know, Weird things can be really good things because weird things pull us out of the status quo and out of the routine. And, you know, for the Good Samaritan, it's like he's walking along a road and now there's a naked half dead man on the side of the road. Like that is weird. It grabbed his attention and then he did something about it. And that's where I've seen the Lord move in my life. And I think this is why this works is because God will move through things that grab our attention. Like he'll grab our attention, but then he'll also like direct our attention to like, Oh, Hey, there's this passage in the Bible that weirdly, uh, is similar to these people that I'm calling you to. And that's your quote unquote sign. Right. And I think for us, when we are living out our day to day, when we're going to the coffee shop, when we're going to the grocery store, when we're driving on the road, when we are going into work, when we are going to the library, when we're going to the zoo with our kids, I want to encourage you that when something grabs your attention, do not just let it pass you by. When that person who looks interesting that you noticed for some reason grabs your attention, maybe say a little prayer and go, okay, God, Why do they have my attention? Or when that problem that has probably been happening in your city or in your job or at the library or at your coffee shop for a long time, you finally notice it. Maybe pause and go, hmm, I wonder what I could do about that. Or I wonder if God is bringing this to my attention. And I think when you are intentional with your living, when you aren't just going about life and going, hmm, what a coincidence That is when the Lord can start to use you. That is when the Lord can go, yeah, like open up your eyes. Like I directed your attention to this person or 
uh, for example, that this is a weird thing that we describe as weird is when people overshare about their lives. There is a reason that people overshare about your lives. Like, yeah, you just want your latte and you want to get out of there. There's a reason that this person is oversharing right now. They need to be listened to. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be spoken into. And who better than the person who carries the hope of Jesus Christ with them? I'm not saying go into a full and total gospel message, but maybe offer a hug to that stranger. <laughs> maybe just say, hey, it won't always be like this. Or maybe say, hey, like, I don't know, pay for that person's coffee in line. I don't know, but I, I know for like you look throughout scripture, the reason scripture is weird is because it's God is using things that aren't in the status quo to, to wake up his people and to go, hey, do you notice when these things happen, I'm calling you to do something about it or at the very least contemplate it and not just move on with your life. Because like you said, like Good Samaritan isn't just out there walking around like looking for people to help. He's on his way to do something. It's inconvenient. It is weird. And I think for us as Christ followers, we need to be sensitive in the Holy Spirit. And like we talk about all the time, operating in the Holy Spirit, that when things are brought to our attention, that we are bringing it then to the Lord's attention. Um, and I think more often or not than not, the Lord will be like, yeah, you have an answer to that. It might take you five more minutes of your day, but you have an answer to that. And I maybe I'll just share a story here too of I very early on, I can't remember if I shared this on the podcast, but I think it's worth sharing again. Very early on in my mountain, um, I would go to coffee shops and people would just like sit down across from me, people who I did not have meetings with. And at first I would always be like, when is this person going to leave so I can get back to these other things? And one day the Lord just smacked me in the face and was like, listen, the reason that you are sending these emails and doing these spreadsheets or planning or whatever is for the people who are sitting in front of you. So if you can't even minister to them when I bring them to you, everything else you're doing is for nothing. And I was like, yeah, okay, weird, right? Like the inconvenience, the the thing that's out of the status quo. So now every time a person sits down, I close my laptop, I take out my earbuds and I give them as much attention as they need or as I can possibly give them. And one day, uh, my insurance agent walked in while I was doing some work and she stopped by and said, hey. And so I took out my earphones and closed my laptop and she was looking, I was sitting next to uh, the display with all like the coffee mugs in them. And I was like, Oh, are you buying some coffee mugs? She's like, we are doing a promotion where if you come in and talk to me about life insurance, you get a free coffee mug. And I said, and then she said, do you want a free coffee mug? I said, are you trying to sell me life insurance right now? And I was like, why, why this promo? Like, and she goes, I just got a text that my best friend from college died. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like 20 minutes ago. And I was like, okay and so like i got up i like gave her a hug this was in a season where my best friend had just died a couple months prior and i was just able to like hug her and be like you're oh my goodness like i'm here like you know in that moment you don't have words to say like you never do and i just knew it was important to be like present to see her and to acknowledge her and over the next couple of days, like I bought her like a coffee gift card. I brought it in. I just like stopped in to talk to her and we developed a really cool relationship through that. Um, but I think that was just like one 
good example of like, yeah, the inconvenient, quote unquote, inconvenient shouldn't be inconvenient to you. It should be a sign and an opportunity to go, hmm, this is weird. I wonder what God is up to. And I think when we do that as Christ followers, we start to be the change and be the good Samaritan and be the good neighbor uh, that we're called to. Can we talk about... um some reasoning and some silver lining and some benefit on the end of uh, doing something like that. And at the end of being the good Samaritan, because I think there's still, at least for me, let's say if I literally was walking and I saw somebody beaten and dying on the side of the road, I'm going to be honest. Like if I was driving by and I saw like an accident or something, it still would take something in me to go, oh man, that looks like that sucks and keep driving. And then, but there's another part of me that knows that I should stop and I should get out there and I should help. And yet like there's still that, that thought of if I get involved, I'm going to be involved. And I don't know like how much involvement that is. How much is that going to ask of me? Am I going to have to pay a fortune to like help this person out? And like the good Samaritan, right? It's like, he paid for the guy's stuff and it's like, I'd like to believe, you know, well, I guess I don't know how much money that guy had. He could be wealthy and oh, great. It was no, not hard for him to do. He probably wasn't wealthy. Then it would cost, it would be more like expensive for him, more of a sacrifice for him to care for someone he doesn't even know. And then you're like, what if that person doesn't even care? And so I'm like, let's maybe talk about some of the upside and like, why should you stop other than like, the reasons we've already stated, but yeah. maybe just like, why is it worth like pushing through that awkwardness and uncomfortability and being like, oh, I don't want to get involved because yeah, then I'll be involved and I don't know how long or how expensive this is going to be. And I've got a life that I need to get back to. So mm-hmm. if it's not just a quick, Hey, let me uh, help you out. I'll, I'll call somebody else and then I'll see you later. You know? Yeah. Um, a reason that we haven't said yet is man, think about what happened for you is what I would say to that. Like, I think so often we, we read the good Samaritan and there was a primary point to that of Jesus going like, this person is like a good neighbor who stops and does that. Uh, I think we also need to read that story where we are the traveler on the road and understanding who the real good Samaritan is. And that is Jesus Christ himself. And that if you have decided to follow Jesus, you decided to follow him for initially one reason, and that was to make you a better person. You realized who you were as a sinful person, as a depressed person, as an anxious person, as a shameful person, as a sinful person, and you realized that you needed a savior. You realized you need somebody to step in and do something for you and that you were not able to pull yourself out of the situation by yourself. You came to the end of yourself and then Jesus, the savior, Jesus, the Christ stepped in and did that for you. And in the good Samaritan, you can, I think we should all be reading that story in that way, just as much as we read it the other way. And I think when you read it that way, you realize that if the God of the universe who is managing a lot of things. He's a very busy guy. (laughs) He has a lot of things riding on. Could step down from heaven. And it was not like a, like you're saying like, oh, maybe the good Samaritan like had the money to like do it. And so like, it wasn't that big of an inconvenience. 
God has the money to solve any problem instantaneously. But for some reason, he lived on earth for 30 years as a man stripped of his power as God or choosing not to operate in his power as God and suffering on a cross and then resurrecting from the grave. And so, um, you know, even in my insurance story, there is like a, 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 a there is a blessing that came with it that I'm not even going to share right now because I think that is so completely secondary that if we don't understand like as Christ followers what has been done for us and we're unwilling to do a fraction of it for other people, then we got the principle wrong. And that's the whole point of the expansion pack is like, what is the principle here like why why does this matter why should you do this 100 of the time without questions um or i mean you can have questions but you should know why you're doing it i think the answer is like jesus did it for us um and if jesus is telling us to do it for somebody else then we we just have to believing that like there will be a silver line there will be a blessing that comes along with it that, that god will take care of us and we will be secure in our finances and in our time and in our relationships because god promises all of those things as well but i think in the nitty-gritty of it all if we're unwilling to do what christ was willing to do for us then it's hard for us to call ourselves Christ followers <laughs> because he set the ultimate example in that. Like, yeah, I think it's a little bit inconvenient to die on a cross. <laughs> Just a little bit. He was a little late for his appointment <laughs> that day. <laughs> um no, actually, if you're watching on the YouTube, you'll notice the moment I disconnected these two dots a few minutes ago and you're saying that. So I've literally never connected these two dots that I will now share. And maybe we can talk about this. Um, dot number one, good Samaritan story dot number in the light that you just presented of viewing ourselves as the beaten traveler in the road. And dot number two is the story of the guy who was forgiven an obscene amount of money. And then he goes to the guy who mm. owes him a very small amount of money yeah. and is not willing to forgive that small amount. And then the story is, Hey, you can't get mad at someone who owes you five bucks when the guy that you owed $200,000 to forgave you that. So, which we like to think of that. And it's like, okay, yeah, like Christ forgave us a lot. Um, so we need to forgive each other of like small things. Okay. So let's, put those two together and I'm going to expand the good Samaritan story a little bit and we'll see if this is sacrilegious or not. <laughs> um, so let's say, right. The guy's beaten up on the side of the road. The good Samaritan shows up um, after the people walk by and do nothing. Good Samaritan shows up, helps him out, gets him back on his feet, takes the time it needs um, and is literally the savior and the hero of the story. And then we fast forward, this guy's recovered and it's been a couple months and he's back to his normal business and he's walking down a road and he comes across a man that the same bandits have beat up and mugged and is dying in the street. And if that man turns and walks away, like the first two people turned and walked, like like, what if we just watched that happen? Like, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, you were there, and now you're the guy that 
left was you know it's like you're now acting like the person that left you for dead and it's like well of course he's gonna run in there and he's like dude i was here i can't believe someone else went through this i'm gonna pull you up and now i know how to take care of you because someone else took care of me and now it is like my responsibility because i know the pain you're in and i know that you need someone to help you out and it's like what if that guy walked by and now you saying like okay, Christ is the one who saved us. And then in my mind, it's like, okay, if Christ saved me, then I'm the person who's back on my feet after being saved. The audacity of me to walk by someone who's in that same place and be like, ooh, dude, that sucks. It's like, I would, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, I don't want to walk by someone that is laying in the place I was laying and dying and then just walking by and be like, oof, dude, sorry. Like, <laughs> no, that is not, that's not sacrilegious at all. That is, I think, the natural progression of it. And I think that's real life. And I think that's a great connection between two stories, uh, two principles that Jesus is explaining is that, yeah, uh, man, if we understand what Christ, and we know very little about what Christ has done for us, like, we know some of it and we're learning more every day if you have that posture. And even knowing that fraction should just move us to action. And I, I will say this, that Jesus did it for us, so we should do it for other people. And the joy and the blessing is that we get to become more like Christ, which who else would we rather be like? Yeah, like I can be like myself who is like lazy, doesn't want to be inconvenienced, is not the hero of any story. Or I could be like Christ himself and let him use me and go like, man, that person on the side of the road, like I believe I'm going to have the joy that Christ felt going to the cross. Like, cause even like scripture says, like he did not despise it, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? And I've experienced that. I know you've experienced that, that when you do step out and help somebody, whether it's a very little thing, like paying for the person's coffee behind you or a big thing, like, blessing somebody by paying their rent for a month i don't know like something like that there is joy in those things like it, at first it, it you do have to get past that little bit of like hesitation and adversity but like i don't know anybody who is ever like let's just use money as an example i don't know anybody who has ever like been super generous wrote a big check um or even like a small one and go i regret that like generosity and i think that's what we're talking about not just monetarily but like with our time with our priority for our city generosity towards our city and towards our neighbor will always be a thing you look back at and go like i'm really glad i did that i will say even if you are generous and the person you are generous towards does not reciprocate you know the thanks or the appreciation that you were expecting even in that it's you're going to be like, oh, seriously, I, I worked all this. I bent over backwards and I gave you money and, and you're going to just going to walk away and be like, yeah, thanks, whatever. Um, and just not be thankful and appreciative. The other side of that is the people watching that exchange will also have learned a lesson there. They will a be inspired by your generosity and then be probably see that that person didn't say thank you. If it's like a, I don't know, usually they're not very public, but like if someone sees that they weren't, didn't say thank you, then it's like a lesson to them. It's like, oh, I, I need to be appreciative because now I see what ungratefulness looks like. And um, 
Because I do know of a story where someone was very generous and the person did not really say thank you and did not return any generosity. And I think that's the moment of the traveler walking right by someone else who's in the ditch and saying, oh, dude, yeah, I was there. It sucks, doesn't it? See you later. You know? (laughs) I think one of the toughest and hardest principles of being a Christ follower I've ever learned is the idea that we are called to love people who will never love us back. And the reason I know that we're called to love those people is because Jesus, again, climbed up on a cross for billions of people who reject him. Not only reject him, desecrate him. Not only desecrate him, blaspheme him. Not even blaspheme him. Like, curse his name. (laughs) Actively fight against him. And if if Jesus is not above that, I can't be either. And so, especially like when it comes to obedience, if the Lord is like, hey, do this for this person, and there is no gratefulness or reciprocation back like i've just learned i've learned but it is still extremely hard and i do not like when it happens but i have learned that that is the type of love that i'm being called to that i am called to suffer for other people sometimes that will never appreciate it or be grateful for it or even receive it and i don't know why but like also why would god die for me (laughs) well i think in that situation it transcends above just regular the regular love that you see in the world and it transcends into sacrificial and unconditional love because if you do something out of love and then expect some like if you take care of the person on the road and then they get up and they're like cool uh i'll see you later um I guess. Thanks. You know, and you're just like, what? I saved your life. And then they walk away. Like that is still a little bit of that conditional love. Like I did this expecting at least a thank you. And it's like, if they don't even give a thank you and, or maybe they're mad at you. He's like, dude, you, you saved me. I wanted to die in the ditch, you know? And it's like, okay, fine. I won't save, you know, and it's just like, you want to get angry, but no, it's like that. That's unconditional love is, is there are no conditions. Like he doesn't have to say thank you. He doesn't have to appreciate you, but you have to like, you should love him still no matter what. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus, Jesus shares that. He's like, he's like, it's easy to love people who you love back, who love you back. The world does that. Like who cares basically like love your enemies. <laughs> like that's what we're called to. And yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah, it, like the love we are called to transcends understanding and it is a higher love. And the reason it needs to be is because then it will point to Christ. Like when the people watching go like, why that person has like took advantage of you. And it's like, no, they didn't, they didn't take advantage of me. Like I was generous to them because Christ is generous to me. <laughs> like I am 10 times worse than that person is. And Christ still died for me. Like, this is nothing. And I think that is like, that is inspiring. That'll get people saved. That'll get people to change their lives around. And including the people who probably are rejecting you. Like, I know it still moves me when I think about who I am as a person. And then what Christ has done for me, that inspires me to be more like him. And I think that is part of the reason where it's like, some people need to be shown love because they are so ashamed of who they are. They don't believe that they can be loved. And God might tell you, go and love that person. They're going to respond in a nasty, hostile, despicable way. But I need you to do that because then they'll be without excuse. <laughs> like, well, like, okay, if that person can love me, maybe God can love me.
but we never know those things but i can like again the natural progression of it is 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 that i think of uh, acts of kindness lead people to repentance that's what it says um scripture so this is a really good conversation about yeah just transcendent love and jesus love and that it is it is different and it doesn't feel good and it's inconvenient but that's where the power lies is that if it was expected of us then who cares yeah and and it kind of calls back to like what matters what really matters is what you were doing that day actually more important than because like if, if you go oh well what matters like oh this was important that was important and then uh when you really i mean for us christians what really matters is people and and like that that is what matters and and so it's like whatever you were doing that day is probably less important than taking care of a person who's maybe their eternity is in the balance and you don't know what that is you know or their their soul needs taken care of you know and it's like is, are you saying that what you are doing that day is more important than like somebody who's going through something serious. Um, and I'll, I'll end with this point since we're coming up on time. I think with the context of I was the person beaten on the side of the road, I was taken care of by Christ. And now I am walking on the road and seeing another person that, that mindset actually gives me so much more confidence going into a situation because then it's not like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to get my hands dirty. What if I make it worse? What if I make the wrong decision? How much time is this going to take? If I've been through all of that, then I'm going to know, oh, I was there. And I know how much time it takes. I know how to do it because like you said, Christ did it for me, which means you respond in love. You do what's necessary. And you just believe that the details will fall in place because I think the details will fall in place. <laughs> if if God points something out to you and says, this is what you need to do today instead of what you were thinking you were going to do, um, then I think the details will fall into place. But yeah, I'll just end with that. I, th- yeah, I think it gives good. me more confidence to, to yeah, get in there and, and, and help people. Cause if, yeah, I just think if, if I feel like I've never been in a car accident, but I feel like someone who has been in a car accident looks at other car accidents on the road differently than I do. Cause I drive by and go, huh, I hope someone called the police. Or if I think I've seen something, I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll call the police and just report it. Versus someone who's probably been in a car accident will be like, we should stop and make sure they're okay. Cause I was there and it was scary. You know, (laughs) it's like, um, that's really good. But yeah. Do you want to pray that confidence over our listeners? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Um, dear God, thank you that we can be here and thank you that we have the ability to share, um, some of our thoughts and, uh, share your word with, um, people all over the world, Lord. And we just ask that you would, um, highlight things, um, and confirm things that people have already seen highlighted in their life, Lord. And we ask just, um, for confidence that, um, people would just, um, just feel confident that the the really, really big steps would look smaller and that the really, really big mountain would look smaller and that the the path would be clear ahead of them, Lord, and that they would, um, anybody who's, who's looking at a situation that they don't know where the solution is or even where to begin with the solution, or if they're in a, solu- in a situation and they don't know what, um, 
direction to go, what outcome to do. And it, and it looks scary. And how much do I get involved and do I get my hands dirty or not that they would just feel confident that you are with them. Um, because you are Lord, you're with us all the way through it. And, um, like you said, Lord, what we do for the least, um, we do for you and for the kingdom of God. And so God, we just thank you that, uh, we can, um, all share in this community together of, of, um, listening to you, reading your word and, um, sharing all of our ideas together and building your kingdom together. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.